Hey everyone, on the podcast we have JP and Crystal Lane. JP is a former 12 Bravo combat engineer in the U.S. Army. During his time in the Army, JP was blown up by a 200-pound IED bomb in 2011. That explosion resulted in 26 injuries, 28 surgeries, 6 weeks in a coma, and JP losing the lower parts of both of his legs. Even after all of that, being a double amputee and having his life permanently altered, JP says that he is thankful that he was blown up because it was at that point the most impactful and inspiring part of his story started. JP shares his journey through recovery, the intense physical and mental work he had to do to fully recover and no longer be a wounded warrior, but in his words, to be a warrior that is healed. JP travels around the country and the world sharing his story and playing his music. He is now a successful musician that has played with a number of world-renowned artists and also has performed live at two presidential inaugurations. JP is one of the most positive-minded, mentally strong people we have ever met and may ever meet. In this podcast, we really only scratch the surface of, of his story, of his struggle, of his triumphs. Very soon after recording this podcast, JP's book, titled Walking Again, will be published. It will drop on September 11th, 2019. And JP talks about his writing process, but also shares a few more details that will be in his book. We could have recorded about five hours and not really even gotten to everything. While you are listening to this podcast, please be sure to rate this podcast and review us in iTunes. Share this with your pals and buddies on all the social media platforms. And if you have a listener question, send those to us at elizabeth at eversoncooper.com with the subject line, Ask ESC Podcast, or connect with us on Facebook and use the hashtag Ask ESC Podcast. Okay, without further delay, please enjoy our conversation with the incredible and inspirational JP and Crystal Lane. Welcome to the Everson Cooper Podcast. We are entrepreneurs that are interested in what makes people successful. In this podcast, we sit down with a wide range of people with diverse perspectives and backgrounds. We dive into the obstacles that they've had to overcome, their successes, unique experiences, and everything in between. Our goal is to continuously learn from those around us and share their knowledge so that we can all find something that makes us better and makes those around us better. We hope you enjoy. JP, Crystal, Thank you guys for joining us on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're so happy you guys are here. Thank you. Thanks yeah, for the, your time. It. Yeah, of course. So by now, most of our listeners will will know your story, JP. They know, you know why you're here and what you're doing. Um, you know all the just ridiculous things that you have uh, have gone through, endured, and have overcome. Right. And we'll get more into that. We'll we'll get into those details. Um, but I want to talk about really what you're currently doing and really what is one of your passions. Um, is you're, you're a singer, you're you know, a singer-songwriter. Uh, you're not only going around you know, the country, the world, uh, and speaking and talking about your story, but you're also singing and you're writing songs yeah. and you're inspiring people that way. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how you got into music. Where does that come from? Is that a recent thing? Is that something from childhood? You know, tell us a little bit about that. And tell us, I mean, talk about the style of music as well. Yeah, yeah. so uh, it, it always actually came from uh, my childhood. My dad, we grew up listening to him sing. Uh, he loves country music, so he did country music. Um, we also uh, just 
most of the family had musical talent of some sort, right? And so as we were growing up, as I was growing up, uh, I decided to pick up drums. Uh, I thought it was loud and the most obnoxious uh, <laughs> instrument and that could uh, annoy everybody but yep. find a talent in there somewhere. And uh, That's why you picked it. That's why I picked <laughs> it, yeah. And so um, I, perf- I played drums for 14 years. Mm-hmm. And I did it in uh, my church worship uh, team. Uh, I did it for a couple of bands in high school and stuff like that. Um, but it was, I always loved singing. Mm-hmm. And so I had the music and the beats and, uh, that part, but I also wanted to sing, but I never had the guts to. And so it was always funny. I tell people that when I was probably anywhere from sixth grade through ninth grade, I would come home, drop my backpack on the floor. My dad was at work, right? And so it was just me and my brother in the house. I would close my door, my door, crank the radio up as loud as possible, and then I would pretend in front of my mirror that I was a little rock star. That's awesome. Yeah, every day. It was like a daily routine. Yeah. So it was funny. Yeah. Nice, yeah. nice. So you, so so drumming, so playing the drums was your you know your first your first love and whatever. So mm-hmm. uh, you've you've evolved now. So you play the guitar. Yeah. Now uh, you you know you sing and you play the guitar. Talk about um, a lot of what your your inspiration is for the songs that you write, uh, mm-hmm. and the type of music that you that you that you create. Yeah. Uh, and I guess also so, some of your inspirations, you know, that you know when you're writing a song, you know, you think like you know you kind of have you know someone someone is you know playing through you yeah. essentially. So um, it's I'm kind of a different artist mm-hmm. I think. Um, a lot of the times we'll we'll be making beats or I'll get beats that uh, people have made and I'll make so my favorite styles of music are pop and funk. Okay. So Justin Timberlake is a perfect example. Bruno Mars is mm-hmm. a perfect example of those two mixed. Um, there's also Stevie Wonder, which I love. Uh, I'll go old school and no, new school all day long, and yeah. I, I can listen to pop funk all the time. Nice. Um, and so when I'm making songs that are of that style, that's all about, um, what I feel inside, like about love, about, um, the person I'm in love with making a, a upbeat, fun love song. Um, there's actually, I have a couple ukulele songs and what drives those are, uh, vacations. Okay. It's always a vacation. <laughs> That gives me, okay, I'm going on vacation. I need to grab my ukulele, you know? <laughs> and so um, so that always brings about ukulele songs. And then uh, it's so funny because I go and I flip a switch and I still, I'm a soldier, right? And I always think about my troops, my warriors, everybody that may be going through hard times. And I think about how can I also inspire them? Yeah, I want songs that people get up and dance to and have a good time. But then I want to turn it around and be like, hey, here's some inspiration to get through what you may be going through mm-hmm. uh, in tough times. <clears throat> and so I've actually written um, a song for my Purple Heart veterans that ended up turning into my first Christian song ever. Okay. And then also um, 
a song for one of my best friends who was killed in Afghanistan uh, while we were deployed. And that's a very um, inspirational song, and it's called I'll See You Again. Mm-hmm. So th- these songs um, are already uh, in the process of being recorded right now, so I'm extremely excited. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, and <clears throat> just for our listeners' sake, you're... Like you know, you know slouch when it comes to you know your musical your musical career. <clears throat> you play on some really big stages, mm-hmm. you know already at this point. I mean, what two presidential inaugurations? Uh, you played with Lee Greenwood, Neil McCoy, Aaron Tippin, Jason Castro. I mean, you, there's some people that yeah. you've had a chance to play alongside and you know sing with. Uh, so it's not like you're just doing this in your garage. Like, yeah, guys, I want, you know, yeah. I want to make some music. <laughs> yeah, you're not no. in your bedroom anymore. <laughs> no, no exactly. that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 It, it's so funny to look back and be like, wow, that guy had no guts to step up front and do it, but I could do it easily in front of my mirror in the bedroom, right. but I never had the guts to step up front. And, uh, and since literally God told me to grab a guitar, I don't know if you know that. But I had a conversation with him in my car, nice. and he literally said, grab a guitar and start music. And I had no idea where it was going to go. It was honestly a miracle. After picking up the guitar, three months later, I'm singing at my very first live gig ever, and it just so happens to be the presidential inauguration in 2013. That was the call you got. Remember? You told me the yeah. call. Oh, the yeah. The, um, it was funny, right? So I get a call, and they're like, hi, are you J.P. Lane? And I'm like, yes, I'm I'm JP Lane. And they're like, um, yes, we would like to invite you to perform at the White House for the uh, presidential inauguration. I'm like, I think you have the wrong JP Lane. <laughs> uh, I just picked up a guitar three months ago or a few months ago. And um, yeah, I think you have the wrong guy. They're like, are you the double amputee uh, artist? I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe you have the right guy, but are you sure? <laughs> So, yeah, sure enough, they wanted me to sing um, the song that actually saved my life that I put uh, a cover of it called Only a Mountain by Jason Castro. You mentioned him. And so I did that video and recorded it and put it on YouTube and they saw it and it caught their eye. And so, um, but I'd be a horrible artist if I failed to also uh, let you know that one of my favorite events, um, I love singing with all the artists you just mentioned, (laughs) but I just got to sing with Gavin DeGraw this past December as wow. well. Oh, and that awesome. was really cool. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. That was, a, that was a dream come true, actually. Yeah. So That's the, amazing. Is the video on Facebook, um, maybe? Yeah, it's on your Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But he so. covers, because before all this, you know, kind of like a single, just a, as an artist yourself, he used to have a band called mm-hmm. Company Six. Mm-hmm. They're about yeah. six guys, right? Yeah. And um, he covered the songs by Gavin all yeah. the time. Yeah. Right? He's such a good artist. Yeah, so just, and yeah. he just loves that style of music. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so to be able to be in front of him and say, hey, I cover your songs. And he was like, oh, really? Which ones? Like the conversation right before the actual event. I mean, this was minutes before the doors were opening that he inter- they were able to have that little small talk. And sure enough, he was like, 
they're about to go back to the green room and he's like, hey, you know what? You covered my slots. Let's go check it out. Let's just check it out right now. And sure That's enough, amazing. he was on the spot. <laughs> Gavin was like, let me hear you sing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that was wow. pretty neat. That was cool. yeah. no, no pressure. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He sits on the piano there and oh he gosh. gets the mic and it was just unreal. Oh, that's incredible. And then sure enough, he decided on his own. He was like, you know what, you think JP, he speaks to his manager, Jeff, and he says, hey, do you think JP would would sing that song with me? Jeff was like in tears, like, because he didn't want to ask him. He wanted it to come from him naturally. Sure enough, Jeff went to JP and said, um... Hey, you're not gonna believe what Gavin just asked if you could sing with him for his song. Oh, yeah. it gives me goosebumps. I know. It was, it was really cool. Needless to say, I was listening to YouTube before that that specific song came up yeah. just to make sure I had the lyrics down. Yeah, sure. yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, I oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. amazing when you're put on the spot when mm-hmm. you forget something. Oh, like, yeah. Because you could have sung the song a hundred times and right? it yeah. been perfect, and you get you know, put on the spot. There's a couple of people in front of you. Like, yeah. Wait a minute, what's that word? Yeah. yeah. Oh, That's it crazy. happens. <laughs> All right, so I want to go back to the presidential inauguration. So <clears throat> you'd only been playing. So you'd only been playing the guitar for three months. Yeah. At that point, and mm-hmm. they asked you to go play. Yeah. Thank God it was a, a, a easier song on the acoustic guitar. Okay. Because yeah. if it was too difficult, I would have been like, Nah, it's yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so I'm I'm curious. You know, you you see the guitar. I, I play a little bit. Nice. Um, not not anywhere. I, I I have not played any presidential inaugurations. I have not left this room. Let's, <laughs> let's just say that. Yeah, let's yeah. just say that. Uh, He's still in front of the mirror with his. I, still, yeah. I am hey, in front but of the you never know where it could go. <laughs> yeah. Just keep practicing. That's right. It goes on my phone and never to be heard again. Um, so you 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 obviously you have to be a quick learner. I mean, you already you already had the musical background. Right. Um, but you never really had like mastered the guitar up until you really picked it up three months ahead of time. Yeah. Talk about that process. Talk about, and then also maybe just the, I guess, couple of weeks or whatever leading up to it. Yeah. What, I mean, were you, was it was like an exam. You were like cramming, like, I got to make sure I get this down, you know, whatever. Talk about that process. Yeah. So um, I'm very <laughs> fortunate to have the, I don't know, when, when someone's good at something, it comes easy to them, right? So... Um, and it's just a God-given skill set anyways. It's not anything we've even done or anything. It's sure. just given to us. And for me, I know that um, I can honestly learn a song before I go to sleep at night. If I pick up the guitar that afternoon, I already memorized the song before I went to bed. Yeah, yeah. And so that's just how it's always been with music. And, um, and so with this song, again, I learned that song. Uh, that night I look on YouTube. YouTube is my teacher. Uh, they teach me all the songs I need to know. Yeah. Yeah. And I learned that song and I just practiced it multiple times. And then when I got that call, yeah, I was like, I'm taking a final exam (laughs) and I got to get an A plus because I don't know how many thousands of people are going to be in front of me. And this is my first live gig ever. So, um, yeah, it's so crazy, right? Wow. So, um, I'm cramming pretty much every day, practicing probably five to 10 times a day. Yeah. And then, um, I, if I remember correctly, probably about two days prior to the presidential inauguration, I only practiced once a day. Um, and that's to save my voice and make sure everything was good. And then, um, yeah, so I showed up and what i had to do wow. so yeah that's crazy oh my gosh where do you go from there right yeah you know? it was 
Well, that's when I knew. So funny thing, before I, I forgot to mention that I picked up the guitar when when I was told, thinking it was going to be a continuation of my therapy. Okay. Through all of this, yeah. I didn't think it was going to go anywhere or do anything, and I just wanted to record that one song of Only a Mountain because it changed my life, it saved my life, mm-hmm. and impacted me to a point where I wanted to sing it and possibly get that same. Uh, reaction out of other people that may be feeling that they're down they're out and they're ready to give up and then they may see this video of uh someone in my situation that they're like oh man okay never mind i don't have any excuses (laughs) like if he can do this i can do this and so little did i know that thought of it's only going to be therapy for me turned into it's only going to be your career for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah. So it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But it started, it started in a, in a beautiful organic way. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's incredibly meaningful to you. And I mean, you, what, what you're continuing to do from it is, is phenomenal. And your first live gig being, you know, presidential inauguration. Wow. And yeah. kudos to you. My hat's off to you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate it. Jeez. All right, so I do want to get to um, <clears throat> a little bit more of your your background leading up to uh, you know you joining the military, and so we, we've had a number of um, former military people, um, soldiers, servicemen, service members on our podcast. Awesome. Um, both actually, both my brothers um, are in the military. My oldest brother just retired from the army uh, cool. after twenty years. Uh, my uh, other uh, older brother. Uh, it's 14 years, 15 years in the Air Force. Okay, uh, so, nice. You know, I, I was I was a long-haired, bearded hippie, you know, yeah. when, I was, uh, <laughs> when I was in high school, so so the military wasn't my thing. <laughs> but nonetheless, I have a lot, a lot of context around it, a lot of, um, you know, uh, first-hand, or I can't say first-hand, but second-hand, you know, knowledge, very close knowledge of, you know, uh, people that are in the military. But nonetheless, right. um, you know, I, I'm always curious because both my brothers had reasons why one joined the army, one joined the air force. Yeah. We've had other people on here that have been Marines, that have been in the Navy, that have been in the Coast Guard, and they always had a they always had a story. They always had a reason why they joined specific. You know, I chose this, I chose that. They just didn't, you know, look at the uniforms like I really like green. I'm gonna yeah. you know, join the army. So talk about you know when you were in high school, uh, you know you so grew up in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so talk about you know. Your, your time in, in Wisconsin and then why you chose to join the military and specifically the Army. Yeah, so um, I the idea came about when I was in eighth grade um, and everybody knows September 11th. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened. I was in language arts class. <laughs> we watched the towers fall. My whole class was crying. And I was extremely upset at the fact that we were being attacked because mm-hmm. um, this was the first big thing since, I mean our previous war that we at least knew about, which was Vietnam, right? Right. So, um, and so I told myself, when I'm old enough, I'm going to uh, join the military and fight to protect this country so that never happens again. And uh, I had to wait till I was old enough because I tell people the Army didn't accept eighth graders at (laughs) at that time. But uh, I don't think they still do either. (laughs) But... I don't think so. um, So, uh, obviously... That's middle school, right? Eighth grade. So fast forward through high school, uh, life hits and uh, your ideas change and goals and everything else change. 
Well, I was reminded of that promise I made to myself um, from my brother about a year or less, actually, after I graduated high school. Mm -hmm. My brother calls me up and he said, hey, want to join the army with me? And I'm like, dude, uh, yeah, because that's what I, I, you're the reminder I needed that I wanted to do that in the first place. Mm -hmm. So uh, he's like, all right, well, come back to Green Bay. And we will go to the recruiter's office together and sign up. I'm like, okay, that sounds good. So he actually said Army, so Army kind of stuck. And um, my dad was Air Force, and I've always been a rebel child, so I was never going to go Air Force. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Even though he really wanted me to. Sure, sure. But um, so the funny thing was I get to Green Bay, and I see my brother, and I'm like, all right, dude. Uh, we'll go in the morning and we'll go to the recruiter's office. We wake up in the morning and my brother's like, yeah, I changed my mind. I'm like, wow. yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> you changed your mind? That wasn't even 24 hours ago. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I think I'm going to go to college and buy a Chrysler, uh, whatever, um, oh my Crossfire. That's what it was. I'm like, what kind of rant? Did you just have a dream or something? Oh and so sure enough, he didn't join, but... I'm glad he didn't join. You never know what could have happened. Sure. Um, but I was still that stubborn-headed, like, oh, I'm going to do it. Yeah. So I go to the recruiter's office, and uh, I still decided to go Army, and I walk in and ask them, what's the most dangerous job you got? And uh, they said, 12 Bravo Combat Engineer, you're going to pretty much uh, build things, build bombs, and take care of bombs and all that stuff i was like yeah that sounds like a blast let's do that so that's how it all started yeah yeah so when when did you join what year did you join that was 2008 2008 okay yeah okay so talk about talk about your time uh you know kind of between 2008 to up till really 2011 Mm -hmm. when you know what were some highlights what were some things that you enjoyed and was there ever a time where you're like you know because sometimes what after like two years you can be like all right man did my two years i'm, I'm good you know gi bill you know you get to you know, a certain point yeah. was there ever a time where you're like yeah hey man I, I i fulfilled my promise you know talk a little bit about that time yeah so when i signed up i signed what um at the time was a five three so an eight-year contract okay um and it was five years uh reserve and three years uh inactive reserve or something like that where i was still technically in but if they needed me i had to go Mm -hmm. um and then so uh i signed up doing that and honestly the second i got the uniform on i was like yeah this is yeah i'm meant to be here yeah and i didn't know how long um i wanted to stay in it was all up in the air and um then that was in 2008 2009 and uh, most of 2010 go by and it it goes quick i mean you're just there doing your uh it's every month and trainings and different things come come around and then all of a sudden i get the call hey we're going to afghanistan and i'm like finally (laughs) i've been calling i've been calling personally my commander when are we going yeah and asking are we I didn't sign up to just sit around and train and have fun all day. Sure, sure. Like, I signed up to go fight. Mm-hmm. And um, so, sure enough, we, we got the call, and they deploy us to um, Afghanistan, and they tell us we're doing route clearance. It's one of the most dangerous jobs in the world. 
I'm like, okay, sounds good. This is more like what I'm, this is what I've been training for and waiting for my entire life, pretty much. And, uh, yeah, and we arrive in Afghanistan 2010 in October. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So, yeah, so October 2010, that's when you arrived. Okay. So, talk about what we'll we'll kind of build into ultimately on, you know, July 2nd. Uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. Um, if, if, if that's where you want to go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, route clearance and, and I've, I've read a little bit about your story and, uh, of course, um, we heard you speak at the Vell legacy awards. Right. Uh, and of course you performed, um, uh, only a mountain, only a mountain. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there as well. Um, so got a little bit of context, you know, what, and what you, you know, what your job effectively was, you know, going and trying to, you know, uncover, um, what are they called? IEDs? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, talk about, you know, very dangerous job, you know, you're yeah. like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the job that I want. Yeah. Um, and so you were, uh, the, the, the vehicle that you were on, it was called RG 31. Is right. that right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it basically is designed to take on a blast, right? Right. Uh, yeah. You, you Specifically know, design. Yeah. 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 So I guess if, if you, if you would, uh, prefer to, I mean guys talk about like that day because from from what I remember from from your discussion I mean, you have pretty vivid memory mm-hmm. and basically up until you know that that time period and then I mean you were basically running what, in a coma for six weeks yeah you know, after that yep uh, so I don't, I don't want to bury the lead it's your no, story yeah, that's, yeah I mean it's your, your experience, I, I'm glad so. you did your homework that's good oh, well, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate but, that well I mean, uh, well I mean it's pretty inspiring it's hard yeah. to forget when you, when you hear it so uh, you know yeah. you, I mean, you, you tell the story amazingly so I'll, I'll shut up and let you do it oh no you're good <laughs> um so yeah july everything led up to july 2nd of course uh prior to that uh searching for bombs all day every day is just it becomes routine and mm-hmm. normal and mm-hmm. you get blown up here and there and <laughs> You're like, uh, whatever, next. Routine. Yeah, it literally, honestly, it just, okay, well, that was fun. Go back to the sure. base, uh, relax for 24 hours after your first bomb experience and being blown up uh, and nobody getting hurt, obviously. And yeah. you, after 24 hours, you're back on mission. Yeah. yeah. So it, that was just routine. You, you, We did it daily, and that's just what happened. Well, um, July 2nd comes, and it was a different experience uh i was blown up twice prior and this third ied blast for me actually um they finally got it right Mm -hmm. so the (laughs) taliban was um they were trying different things to try and get to us through our vehicles through our trucks the rg31s along with the buffalo and the husky and the other route clearance package um vehicles they all have what's called a v-bed on the bottom of the truck and ultimately what that does is allow the blast to go up and out Mm -hmm. and not up and through the vehicle right so my blast they figured it out they put a shape charge which is um for those who don't really understand what that is i pretty much describe it as just a massive size bullet okay right so we all know what a bullet looks like Mm um imagine that bullet is probably about uh, two feet tall and maybe about eight inches in diameter mm-hmm. okay so that bullet is sitting on the top on top of a 200 pound ied 
And as soon as they find my truck and feel like that's the best one, they press the trigger and the bomb goes straight up and through my truck. The first IED to ever penetrate an RG31 in history. And um, it immediately took off my legs. It snapped my whole body in half, including my pelvis and my spine dislocated from that. Um, And I looked like a piece of spaghetti inside (laughs) that truck. It was pretty crazy. Um, But I was still breathing. Yeah. Yeah. So you, I remember from, from your, your talk, you, you said that like God was looking out for you that day because oh, yeah. literally like your, I mean, your legs were, you know, just removed from your body, mm-hmm. but I, and, and correct me if I'm, if I'm not remembering, um, right. But basically like, that's what helped keep you alive because like the rest of the, the truck was just wrecked and like, you basically were kind of like removed from it a little bit. So yeah. talk I, a little bit about that. I'm willing to bet you're, you're wanting me to talk about my right foot. I, th- I think that's what it, yeah, I yeah. think that's part of the story, yeah. So that, um, of course, the metal from the truck was flying around, cutting me into, into shreds. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, I do tell people God was watching out for me because my right foot and my right boot were melted to the floorboard right. of my truck. So if I wasn't amputated, which again, that's, uh, I tell people God was directing those pieces of metal to do the job they're supposed to do. As weird as that may sound, yeah. uh, I'm glad he was doing it. Cause if I didn't get amputated on my right foot, I would have been stuck to the truck mm-hmm. and bled out and died because they wouldn't have been able to get me out, out of there. Yeah. So, wow. yeah. Oh, that's incredible. That's unimaginable. Unimaginable. I think it's beautiful that you that you look at it the way that you do because yeah. it's so true, right? Yeah, like, of course, absolutely, mm-hmm. it's so true. But I think that it would be so easy to look at it in such a yeah. terrible way, right? And oh, yeah. I lost my foot and my legs yep. and all these yep. things, and I got blown up, and it was the only you know the only one that ever was penetrated. I mean, like all the things that you're saying, you're turning them into such a positive yeah. light and 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 kind of like. Hey, listen, they, they, they got us, you know, they figured it out. Yeah. It is what it is, but I'm here and here are all the reasons why I'm here yeah. instead of the negative of, dang, they figured it out and they ruined my whole life. You yeah. know, like, yeah. Yeah. I just think that's beautiful. How did you get to that mindset? Have you always been that way and you've been able to look <laughs> at things like that? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that, so I wish I could say I've always been that way. Um, I was just like any other soldier that was wounded. We wake up and we're super ticked off. Um, any of us who believe in God are obviously straight to why. Why did you do this? Sure. Argumentative and uh, uh, why did you let this happen? All of those silly questions that you're never going to get the answers for. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it wasn't until it, it took time, mm-hmm. right? Not only physically healing, my body physically healing, but my mind physically mm-hmm. healing. Yeah. And I didn't have a clear, focused mind until I got off all the meds that I was on. Mm-hmm. So uh, until then, uh, I was just lost mentally and everything. Then uh, I believe soon after... Um, God literally, I was arguing with him and he told me, uh, to start music. I was like, oh my gosh, he's there. So now I know he's there. 
So then I tried communicating with him, right? And it wasn't until I found out that he told me that literally he didn't do this. He said, go back and do your homework. So I did. I'm the one who signed the dotted line to join the military. I'm the one who wanted to get my butt over to Afghanistan to join the fight in the first place. Then I picked one of the most dangerous jobs on the planet to do and get blown up on a regular basis. Then the Taliban were the ones who made the IED, figured it out, and it was the one that got me. Mm -hmm. Right? So where was God that whole entire time? Not doing anything to me. He didn't do it. Mm -hmm. And I tell people that that whole entire time, he was just waiting for the right moment to show how much he loved me and how much he was going to give me the strength to get through this. And it wasn't until I had to get blown up and everything happened that he was going to show through me how awesome he is. Wow. Yeah. Talk about uh, just an amazing mindset and the one of the best ways that you can turn something that no one would ever blame you if you were, if you, even to this day, I mean, we're almost, almost, you know, nine years later, yeah. eight, eight years later. Yep. If you were still angry and ticked off, no one would blame you. No one would be upset with you. Yeah, You'd be like, yeah. yeah, I would be too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, but you in this, you and for for many years now, you've had this mindset, and it's just that's amazing. That's absolutely incredible. And mm-hmm. I'm not I'm certainly not trying to give you lip service, and just because no, you're no, on a podcast, yeah. I mean that's that's why you're here because you're doing incredible things. <laughs> yeah, I just... um, yeah, and just yeah to to go through that something that changes your life yeah. forever yeah. like that. And to be able to, in a relatively quick period of time, I mean, you know, right. maybe maybe two years. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm sure yeah. you know and 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 have worked with people that many years later they're still many struggling. Many years, yeah. yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. oh yeah. In fact, we still have Vietnam veterans that are still yep. struggling. Yep. Mentally, that they're angry and, like you said, they have a right to be. They, they we're not gonna be like, oh, you shouldn't be angry. Sure. Like, especially after the way we treated them when they came home, you know. Yep. That's why I try to give them love even more so because and welcome every single one of them home. Yeah. Um, but it's a mentality. Everything we go through is a mentality. And I always tell people two things. One, the military taught me to never give up, never surrender. That doesn't mean, oh, you got your legs blown off and that really hurt and that really sucked. So you can go ahead and give up because that, that's horrible. <laughs> no whatever no never give up never surrender Mm -hmm. period no matter what two now one of my favorite things to tell people is life is like a nine volt battery and the reason why i say that is because you look at the top of the nine volt battery and you see the terminals the negative terminal and the positive terminal the negative terminal is the smaller one (laughs) so i got blown up i lost my legs that's a small negative the positive, I tell them, is right around the corner, and it's the bigger terminal. Yeah. The bigger positive, I could go on all day, and I'm not going to, but <laughs> one of those big positives after being blown up is I got two prosthetics that are awesome that made me now an inch taller than I used to be. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, I love it. We have to, we have to find the positive in whatever negative may come our way, yeah. right? And as one of our favorite things is the fact that 
in this situation, I save so much money on socks. Yeah. Because <laughs> I can literally use like one pair for like four years yeah. and they, they don't stink. They're all good. Oh, like, oh my God. They don't get lost in yeah. the washer oh, yeah. and dryer. Look, I buy one pack of six, <laughs> six pair of socks, right? And that has lasted me like this whole entire time since I've been blown up. So, yeah, no more athlete's foot. Yep, yeah. no more athlete's foot. It's awesome. No more shaving your legs. I Not that you it. would, but... Yeah. 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 I wasn't a swimmer. Yeah. yeah that's, so funny. <laughs> that's awesome. So, a really, a really awesome story, uh, kind, of, kind of on that, um, you know, making making the best out of every situation. Uh, you had an opportunity, and, and, and I'll let you talk more about the, the organization, because it was orchestrated by an organization. But you had an opportunity to go back. An yeah. opportunity to go back to Afghanistan. Yeah. And I was reading an article, I think, in the VFW magazine. And it said basically for like, quote unquote, a proper exit. Yeah. And so you wanted to go back to Afghanistan, meet a lot of the people or be in the ho- go back to the hospital where you were treated mm-hmm. and whatever. And then effectively leave on your own two feet, leave under your own power. Yeah. And so talk, I, I want you to talk a little bit more in detail about that. But I also want to point out that and I don't know if this is your idea and this, and, 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 and you're you're doing this now or if it was already something in in, um, in effect but you were wearing a, a quote unquote a quote nice try Taliban that's uh, right shirt that's yeah. so darn as you, straight as you, yeah <laughs> as you're walking out of the hospital uh, kind of you know leaving Afghanistan as, as a proper exit so yeah, talk about that yeah so to to touch on the nice try <clears throat> Taliban shirt it, it's a idea prior to deploying. Uh, I should say redeploying under that organization uh, last April of 2018 to go back to Afghanistan. That shirt has been around for probably six years. Mm -hmm. Um, My dad and I, I was doing American Idol in San Francisco, California. And my dad was with me and he was, uh, we have kind of the same uh, weird humor. And so my dad's like, oh, we see a t-shirt stand on the side of the road, right? Or on the corner of the street, I mean. And he's like, you should make a shirt that says, nice try, Afghanistan. I'm like, that's a great idea. But we weren't fighting Afghanistan, Dad. So we got to tailor that up a little sure. bit. And I said, uh, let's make it nice try, Taliban. And so sure enough, he's like, yeah, let's do it. So we go, we get the shirt made. And I put it on proudly. And I walk around with it. Um, years uh, later, I get the opportunity to go with... Uh, Faraday's Troops First, I believe, is the name of the organization. Uh, And they do, yes, what's called Proper Exit uh, Program. And they bring warriors back over to where they were injured, Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, If the government is listening, best organization on planet Earth. Keep doing it, please. Um, And so uh, they bring me over and I'm like, ooh, I know what shirt I'm going to (laughs) bring. And I was super excited. Number one, I was a little out of touch in regards to... I didn't think um, I was going to get a uniform. I thought we were going to go back as civilians, and I was packing all my civilian clothes. Right? So I was ready to go. Well, no. Before going, the organizer's like, no, we're giving you a uniform. You're getting back in the uniform. Heck yeah, I'm getting (laughs) back in the uniform. That was a cool... I'm like, that's genius. Uh, we don't have to go as civilians. Yes, please put me back in yeah. something that makes me feel on top of the world once again. So I didn't get to um, put it on because I was in my uniform 24-7, loving that thing. Yeah, yeah. But I, as we would get off the birds in each of the bases, they, the soldiers there would welcome us with 
a just a row of um celebratory like welcomes right yeah. Yeah. and um so as we're walking down this path and the soldiers on each side welcoming us and clapping and all that stuff i was like i'm gonna hold up my shirt and give them a little chuckle so i held it up and sure enough everybody's laughing it's just non-stop awesome laughs everywhere and and one of the photographers caught it on uh they took a picture of it yep. and sure enough it got yeah pretty well known uh an picture so it was cool it was a great experience i mean I tell people that they're like, why would you go back over there? And I tell them, first off, the organization is doing what's called proper exit. They want you to go back and leave with your head held high because we never got that option. Sure. We didn't get that opportunity. So the fact that we got to go over there and leave like that, that already in itself was one of the only things we were waiting to do. Number two... We got to go over there and see how Afghanistan grew since we've been over there. Mm -hmm. And nobody knows this. The news isn't going to say anything about it. But this country has grown so much. I can honestly say I'm proud of Afghanistan. They've taken on over their own fight against the Taliban. They've grown to a military that's doing, uh, uh, taking control and growing and they literally have had an air force now for four years oh wow okay that's incredible for that a baby incredible. like yeah they just got a military um the army or whatever they call their their military and now their air force is brand new and they're already learning how to fly these planes yeah and it's incredible nice so um to see that growth and know that i got to be a part of that even though it costs me a little bit was so amazing to see mm -hmm. and then i got to tell my story to tens of thousands of troops at all the bases over there okay. and there's no better uh thing that i love to do than telling my troops my story yeah yeah, yeah. so talk about a couple the, the time leading up to going back was there was there excitement was there anxiety were you nervous were you like scared fearful you know talk a little bit about that i mean you like so i mean i see the look on your face you're like no y'all i was dying no i was there. yeah look you would ask um, my wife crystal would say that uh you're crazy <laughs> my my dad literally said you're nuts yeah why are you going back over there and i'm like because this is a great opportunity that's why yeah and <clears throat> um so there was no i i I don't know if I'm weird or if <laughs> or if I just was built this way. But when I was in Afghanistan, I didn't have any fear of anything. Um, the only the only thing I can say I was a little worried about was um, during the moments that I did get to get on a, a computer and Skype with my family back home were incoming rounds blowing up in my base and blowing me up while they were watching. Jeez. That was the only thing I sure. didn't want to happen. And I, that was the only fear. Other than that, I was good to go. Yeah. I didn't fear anything. So the and I know that may sound like I don't know cocky or whatever. It just it, I think it was just built in me, and the army helped grow that yeah. strength, right? So um, knowing that I got to go back over there, there wasn't fear. It was a hundred percent excitement, and knowing that I get to finish my mission, and I get to leave there with on my own two feet. Well, kind of my own two feet. And and with my head held high, and I 
have been honestly wondering if this uh, opportunity would ever get to happen because I never even heard of the organization before. Mm-hmm. And when I found out that this they're doing this, I was on board 100%. I called the guy when I got his information, and I called him the same night. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I want to go. <laughs> Please put me on your list. So, yeah, it was awesome. Do you know how many troops have, do you know how, what volume of, of people have they had an opportunity to go? Because you said they've been doing it for about six years, right? Something like that. Okay. Yeah, it's around yeah. that. Yeah. Do you know how many people have had an opportunity to go do that? Well, if they had the same amount of troops go on each mission, uh, they, we had about 12, okay. 11 or 12 warriors um, come with my group. So that would be about. 60 plus yeah troops have gotten to go back okay um and a personal friend of mine went back the um the december before um and in what was that december 2017 and he was the one who told me about the organization and he told me uh when he was over at the house i'm going back to afghanistan i'm like what you have no legs how are you going to back to (laughs) afghanistan and he told me and i'm like oh my gosh i'm going to and so i got on the next april uh, group it was awesome that's awesome okay so faraday's troops first yes right. awesome we'll put, organization yeah we'll put a link for that in the, uh, in the for, show notes for, for more information yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and if anybody in the the head honcho army and military are listening uh they're they they want to keep going with this but obviously there's going to be some pushback because this is kind of a dangerous thing uh to be bringing us back there just let us go Please, yeah. like yeah. it is more healing and rewarding than dangerous. Okay, yeah. we were treated better than most of the officers I've ever seen over there. In <laughs> fact, I slept in some officers' uh, headquarters, and he had to go sleep somewhere else. That's how awesome yeah, and yeah. treated we were. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Talk so. about the moment when that um, gentleman was looking for you. They're like, "Oh, I'm looking for Mr. Lane to talk oh. about the truck." I forgot about that. That brought you to tears. Yeah, uh, we were, I had just told my story at a, uh, I don't remember what base we were at at this point, but I told my story in front of a lot of people and then I saw, I could tell there was a lot of command there and, and DOD contractors and stuff like that. And so after we told our story, all the warriors and the the, organi- the organization leaders, we went in um, like this cool little courtyard area where they had lunch prepared for us mm-hmm. and um i'm eating and all of a sudden i hear this guy yelling out for specialist lane specialist lane specialist lane and um i'm like that's me sir and he said i just had to tell you um i know your story i've heard your story and um i just want to number one thank you for your sacrifice uh, that you've made for this country and america but i have to tell you I'm the one who's in charge of designing the trucks that you were in. And because of your blast, hold on, I'm getting a little emotional right now. So before I start crying, um, he said, because of your blast, we redesigned the trucks stronger and we have not had an IED penetration since um, with the new trucks and it helped us win the war. And oh, that right there, I was like, Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you, sir. I'm like trying to hide yeah. tears from wow. this guy telling me such an amazing, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
That just goes back to That's like amazing. this is why you know like when you wonder yeah. like why do things happen like yeah. things like that like your story and your sur- your survival not only is inspiring and it's probably saving lives and and helping people mentally and physically all day every day that are still fighting or or coming back from fighting and going right. through all the healing but also when you look at like all the lives that you saved yeah. just from. Like, mm-hmm. you said that your truck was the only one in history that's ever been blown up. So, up until that day and then since then, which mm-hmm. is so awesome because you've saved so many lives, not only American troop lives, but Afghanistan lives and right. and yep. others that yep. that yep. And that needed that. Yeah, I tell people it was an honor and I would do it again. Um, in fact, uh, when I first got my prosthetics and found out how easy it was for me to learn how to walk and, and keep walking... Uh, I was like, I could go back over and keep fighting. And uh, then I realized my dad would kill me before the Taliban <laughs> did. So that, that mindset changed real quick. But yeah, it's knowing all of the stuff that I've been through and, and those those blessings that have happened, the, the people that have been saved because of the actions of um, warriors who have sacrificed, uh, it's just a reminder that God can give us strength to overcome all of this, but look what we got to be a part of in this world. Mm-hmm. So it's awesome. So to talk. So I, I do want to uh, rewind just for a little bit for for our listeners to give you know some context. Um, so I mean your your recovery was was long, kind yeah. of arduous. Um, yeah. You had I, w- I want to get the numbers correct. You had. 26 injuries, right? right? And 28 surgeries Correct. over the course of what, a year and a half, two years? Yeah, about was, a year. Yeah, it was a long year time. And a half, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so I, the, the reason that I bring that, bring that up, I, I think it was the same article that I was reading in, in VOW Magazine um, that, uh, yeah, and you, and you mentioned this many times when you talk about warriors. Yeah. And you, there was a point where, you know, obviously the Wounded Warrior Project is, you know, doing a lot of stuff, you know, having a very big impact. But you you and I think and a lot of your, your peers at this point drop the wounded. You're like, hey, look, I'm, I'm past that. Yeah. I'm not wounded anymore. I've, yeah. I've healed. I'm moving on. I'm doing amazing stuff. I'm a warrior yes. now. So that's why I wanted to bring up the, the, the long process yeah. that you had to go through and you were still wounded. You were, you were you know, healing. But at, now you're past that. You're... You're beyond that. Yeah. So throughout that time of therapies and learning how to walk and everything like that, I was going through a lot. Like, um, prime example, they said, okay, you're ready to go in prosthetics. We're going to try your right leg first. Well, they put me in a prosthetic and a few steps later, I feel a pinch that was pretty painful. They're like, okay, let's check, see what happened. They took off the prosthetic and my burned skin that was still healing ripped open and I was bleeding inside my prosthetic. Oh my God. Yeah, not fun. And <laughs> uh, so then fast forward to the moment they were able to get me in my uh, left prosthetic. They said, because um, I had an external fixator, which is a metal frame around my femur and it had pins through my femur holding it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody's perfect. Doctors weren't perfect. They, they People make mistakes. Sure. They said my femur was healed and I could walk in a prosthetic. Cool. Put a prosthetic on. Three steps later, snap. My pro- my femur breaks inside uh, my prosthetic, snaps oh my in half. God. That was extremely painful. 
that was during therapy and i told um fred my therapist who's hilarious awesome and brutal all at the same time <laughs> uh that that i broke my femur he's like no keep going i know you're lying he's like he didn't believe me and he just figured i wanted to quit therapy at that day yeah. that time and sure enough i went to the er and he's like, well, after the ER, come back and finish therapy. I didn't. I, they rushed me right into surgery. Yeah, yeah. But um, so I've gone through a lot of step backs, a lot of um, therapeutic things that helped push me forward. Mm-hmm. And I started realizing that throughout the entire process, people were calling me a wounded warrior, wounded warrior, all of this. And I'm like, I don't. Like, have you ever broken anything in your life? Uh, yeah, I uh, broke my uh, wrist and my um, foot. There you go. Has yeah. anybody called you broken wrist? No. Or broken foot guy? No. Or what? No. Because your wounds healed, right? Yeah. So did mine. Yeah. And so I realized that everyone was getting called wounded this and wounded. I'm like, why would you call us wounded and continuously remind us? that we're wounded when the only thing we're trying to focus on is healing. Mm-hmm. So why would I want to have a negative term put on my name, on my title of who I am and what I am? That's like, I tell people joking around, uh, many people have gotten splinters, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I and my friend, uh, I have a friend, Bob, he's gotten a lot of splinters. I'm like, I don't call you Splinter Bob, right? <laughs> it's just weird. Because right. eventually the splinter comes out and everybody heals. Yep. Yep. So I started telling people everywhere I go, hey, can we just take off the wounded part? Mm-hmm. If you want to call me anything other than my name, which is great, I like my name. But if you want to call me something, then a warrior is fine yeah. or a warrior veteran or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but to keep calling people wounded is a title, I think. I mean, I get where they came from Mm -hmm. obviously i'm not dogging anybody or anything sure so that's not the case here the case is we don't want to be reminded of the past Mm -hmm. and our wounds we're reminded personally every day in the mirror all right so we don't need people all over the world telling us hey wounded warrior what's up sure no so um find i i was trying to find something more endearing that would not uh, remind us of our wounds, but more so lift us up. Mm-hmm. And warrior is a powerful word. So they got right. They got that right for yeah, sure. Yeah. Because I can tell you one thing that uh, I may be retired from the U.S. Army, but I'm still in God's Army, and I will always be a warrior. Period. Yeah. So they got that term right for sure. So. Yeah. Well, and I think that. <clears throat> That mindset, that attitude towards warrior versus wounded warrior is 100% reflective of, I think, everything that you're trying to accomplish. Of like, look, you know, it, these things happen. It's time to move on past it. Right. You know, let, yeah, let's, let's, let's work through it. Let's heal. Let's acknowledge what, what, what occurred. Let's not brush it off and act like it never occurred. Because right. you're, I think you're also amazing at just being able, just being open. 
and being mm-hmm. and being able to talk about it. Yeah. And that's part of your individual healing process. Or right. Not even healing process at this point because you're because you know your own words. You're done with that. It's yeah. now okay. This is what I'm doing. This is part of my purpose now. Yeah. And so yeah, kind of moving past that. Moving past, look. It's not about being wounded anymore. It's about being a warrior now. Okay. What are we doing next? Yeah. How are we moving past it? Yeah. 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 And we have uh, in a in a slightly different uh, vein, but we had a uh, a podcast guest who was a uh, lymphoma survivor. Mm, and that's my mom. Wow. Okay. I mean, she wasn't your guest, I'm sure. Yeah, but, no, sure, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Your, so your mom's a lymphoma survivor. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Okay. Uh, we'll, okay, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, but uh, so so one of the things that he did, and he and he talked about this, is you know some people had to go through, they had to go to chemotherapy, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was awful. They were, they were sick and, you know, yada, yada. And when they were done, and think, you know, thank goodness, you know, the, the ones that survived, they were done with it, and they want to be done with it. They didn't want to talk about it. They they were right. just like, look, I'm I'm glad that chapter is done. That book is closed. I'm moving on, and they they they're not involved in anything. And there's nothing wrong with that. No one blames them for that. He did the opposite, much like you're doing. He went and he's involved in a number of different charities. He's involved in the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. He's raising yeah. money. He's right here in the woodlands. He's an advocate. Uh, he's an advocate. Yeah. yeah. And so he took this really difficult time in his life, life changing experience, and said, look, I'm better for it i've healed i've i've moved on i'm better for it now i want to use my experience to help people that might be going through the same thing or maybe one day unfortunately might have to face what i faced right and that's the same thing that you're doing yeah you you took this life-changing horrible event and you said look yeah it's life-changing it's not horrible anymore because yeah. i've moved on I'm, I'm i'm becoming better i'm helping people become better right yeah that's, yeah it's yeah. It's because, and, and people might look at my story and be like, well, I can't, he can't compare to my story because I, I'm paralyzed or I lost my, I didn't get blown up. Sure. Well, if a lot of people lose limbs for other reasons, or they possibly were even born without them, mm-hmm. right? So, um, or people get into accidents and they become paralyzed. So they lose the, the feeling of their limbs. And I have friends that are like that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how the, our tragedy is different or similar. It matters how your mindset is to overcome that tragedy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's where I try and go and spread that mindset. Yeah. It's don't focus on the tragedy. Let's focus on triumph. So one of the... Um things that you you did get to do, I don't, I don't want to point this out, is you were able to get back into an RG31. Oh, yes, I was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. That, you know, I, I tell people, like, and I feel bad at the same time because I'm like, you don't even know how good that feels. But at the same time, I'm kind of right. They don't really know how that feels, sure, yeah. you know. But <laughs> it's it's it was more overpowering. Like, I cried. Yeah. I sat in that driver's seat in an RG31 and I cried. Yeah. And it was because I looked at the person that last sat there was damaged, broken, and destroyed. And that was the devil trying to bring me down. The person who sat there now was the God-fearing, blessed, healed, and on top of the world, soldier to be forever that has overcome everything in his way. And it felt amazing. Not not only to be back in my uniform, but to get now 
the reason why this is so special, by the way, is the fact that they searched for an RG31. They, they're not in theater anymore. Okay. Right? So they transferred all these old trucks, the RG31s and everything, out for the newer trucks that were made. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we found one on a base still was a miracle in itself. And they brought it to me after we got done uh, doing some cool uh, tactical stuff. And I see it rolling up, like rolling up to us. And I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is getting real right now. And I was so on top of the world. It was, woo. Yeah, just a reminder of it yeah. is still amazing. But yeah, yeah I see. Um, actually, that's one of my uh, previous posts that is kind of uh, recent on my Facebook. So as I scroll down just a little bit, I see that picture. Um, and I'm like, oh man, that was such a great feeling. Yeah. That was so amazing. Yeah. Faraday's troops first, I think, uh, seem to be doing some amazing stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. If I can go back, um, uh, I wasn't really caring about videotaping at all, Mm -hmm. like my whole experience. So I didn't get to do that. And I know they had people there doing part of it. um, But if I can ever go back, I'm going to try and get my experience recorded individually. Mm Mm-hmm. And I want to use that for um, my future movie after my book's done that I want to do. Because that part right there was just, that trip was life-changing. I came back higher than any cloud I've ever been on since. I mean, I I don't mind our presidents and their inaugurations, but it didn't compare. (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) that was amazing. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. yeah. That's incredible. And so you bring up a really good topic that I, that I wanted to get into. You're, 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 you actually, you're just finished. You finished your book. Yeah. And it's going to be published. So at the time of recording, uh, it'll be published um, in September, on September 11th. Will, That's will right. be the published date. So um, obviously I think, you, you know, much of your experience is going to be in that book, but I'll give you an opportunity to talk, you know, a little bit more about, you know, things things that are going to be in the book yeah. but talk a little bit about your process uh, cause, you know as mentioned before um you know in our conversation we've had authors on and i'm always curious of you know how did you, you know basically their end product it's not mm-hmm. necessarily focusing on their end product so how did you get to your end product what was your process like so talk yeah. about your writing so, process yeah so um so i knew that i wanted to write my book right and i had been so focused on music for the last like five years Mm -hmm. six years that i didn't even think about writing it first off uh i honestly don't really read a lot of books um except for the bible (laughs) but uh so just to think that a guy who doesn't really read that much is gonna write an entire book (laughs) that's just that seems ridiculous and so um but i had to convince myself that and my wife helped me as well. She pushed me to, hey, people need to hear your story. And they can hear it faster by making your book and selling your book than you traveling to each one of these places, right? So I got started with my book, and I was excited. I sat down at the computer, and I go through uh, the chapter one. It ended up being very quick. I went through chapter two. It was quick too. And then chapter three, and then I stuck. And I'm like, okay, all right, I'll get back to it. I'll get back to it. And what, six months later? Long time. Yeah, uh, maybe even more than six months later. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm working on a book right now. And, I, <laughs> and I'm telling people I'm writing a book, but I'm literally, 
I, I have what's called writer's block, right? Writer's block. Mm-hmm. And I haven't written anything because I don't even know where to go anymore after chapter three. Yeah. And um, we so we ended up going to back home to see family. And I think um, just being back home with my family in Wisconsin and getting a couple um, uh, phone calls of future events that I've been invited to, which were um, awesome blessings, it re-kicked me into gear to write my book. So that being said, before we even got home, I think I wrote three or four chapters oh, wow. mm-hmm. that were long chapters. Yeah. And then I just kept in the zone yeah. from there. And um, I knew I wanted to end it around 12 chapters. And um, so I'm doing something that's pretty cool with my book that it's not just me talking the whole time. It's actually, I have perspectives from my commander. Okay. Um, and so what he was going through on the day that I was blown up in his perspective, I have my uh, chaplain who I was deployed with, his perspective, my medic who got me put together and was working on me after I was blown up and his day and that perspective. And then um, a really cool sp- perspective as well, my dad's. One of the chapters I have, um, I really wanted to focus on, uh, and so I titled it Back Home. Mm-hmm. And so what was going on back home while I was deployed in Afghanistan? And my dad wrote um, a whole lot of awesome uh, stuff that um, my, I'll just give you a little sneak preview of of what he wrote, but 2011 was really what we call our year of Job. So those of um those people that don't know who Job is or what he is uh, from the Bible, he was a person who literally had everything stripped away from him. Um, his All of his family members died, uh, wife and kids, I believe, and his mm-hmm. flocks died. He was a farmer. Everything that he owned mm-hmm. died. <clears throat> he was the only one left. And God did that to show that he was still going to honor God, even though the devil is taking all this stuff away from him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so through all of that, he still gave God glory, right? Well, my family, same thing. My family story during that year, I kid you not, almost everybody in my family was attacked in some way. My uh, stepmom, who I call my mom, had lymphoma. She was going through cancer and all that stuff. And um, so I got blown up. My um, brother got T-boned with his wife and her, while she was pregnant, going 60, 70 miles an hour, got T-boned on the highway. Um, like, so just so much stuff that the, the devil's trying to attack my family during this year. And um, so I get to finally tell everybody these, these stories, everything that has gone on in my life, um, and where I came from and where I'm going. Mm-hmm. And we decided, uh, my wife, she's a pretty smart one over here. <laughs> and we decided to title the, the book Walking Again. Walking Again, okay. So I'm very excited for the release of it. Um, I honestly can't wait. And we already have a lot of people very interested in, mm-hmm. uh, are your, is your book out yet? We, we need to make a movie already. I'm like, what? <laughs> First, yeah. we need the book out. So, um, yeah, I'm very excited. So Yeah. 
So how long was the process from, from when you first wrote those you know, three chapters pretty mm-hmm. quickly to then the six months after and then to, to when you basically when you got done you were like alright I think this is this is a finished product how long was that process? Probably a year and a half year? I think okay. about a year we have um, ghost writers yeah. so that kind of helped a little bit but On when the editing we, part yeah. yeah correct sure oh yeah but once he got <laughs> done with chapter three and he just was blank the writers were like anything new this week and every <laughs> oh, week they were, was yeah. just a reminder they were like okay what if you did like a timeline maybe sure. that would help and that kind of helped a little bit did, typing yeah. a, t- a timeline but still he was just not getting anywhere yeah. and finally you know like i was he like said, what do i yeah. write i'm not a writer yeah i'm i'm not i'm a soldier and a musician so yeah. i mean i guess i'm a writer because i have to write songs that's totally easy and different. Yeah, it was a super different process. Yeah, oh yeah. 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 Extremely different. Yeah. So, yeah. The, because I know when you write a book, you don't just... Because if... I can literally tell my story in five minutes. That's not a very good book, right? <laughs> that's like a... That's just a couple pages. Sure, and sure. All right, great. That was a good story. Inspirational. Right. Yeah. But there's so many details that need to be thrown in there of different uh, things that happen in life. And it's like... So I kind of go through the reminiscing of things that, that were going on and it's like, yeah. I have to add all of these details mm-hmm. because people, honestly, my whole family is just, it's crazy what we've gone through and what, where we came from and where we are now. It's like, they're all heroes, you know, they're all, um, powerful soldiers in God's army. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So walking again. Pub will be released September eleventh, two thousand nineteen. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. We will be. Uh, we we will have a book. We will, we will, yes. have, we will have multiple books. I'm yeah. actually just so you know, I will be buying the first one. <laughs> Print it. Fair enough. That's, and we want to get I, it on Audible too because we absolutely. have warriors yeah. Yeah. that he put you know kind of put two together because we have some friends that are blind. They really are because they were yeah. you know, they sure. were wo- wounded. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. they would. They wanted to, they were like, hey, well, how am I going to read the book? Right. And it was just, yeah. they're so comical all together. Oh, we're, you know. yeah, it's, it's crazy. So, yeah, it hit him. We were like, you know what? That's true. Not just warriors that are blind, but yeah. other people who yeah. do listen to it, we, we need it on there. So mm-hmm. he actually wants to be the one reading it. Yes. That's yeah. powerful. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I, for future, uh sake uh to everybody listening if i cry during my audible reading <laughs> i am sorry <laughs> no don't don't apologize so, no yeah. no you, you know it. that it's meaningful you know mm-hmm. that it's completely yeah. organic oh, yeah. and, and that's uh, that was also something i was going to mention about you know you got the first you, know, you wrote the first three chapters pretty quickly and then you know, kind of have this you know lull and, and whatever but i think that also is a reflection of it came to you organically you know it came mm-hmm. to you very like through inspiration not through Oh, I have the the clock is ticking. I just need to put some words on right. the page, yeah. and then after you after you you know, because of course you you know the, the experience is yours. That's your personal experience, yeah. and you go back and read it, and be like, Ugh, that's like that's not very good, you know. But I'm sure you go you go back and look at it even after that you know lull, yeah. and then you said it just boom like came out pretty quickly. Yeah, you, you go back and you read it, and you're like, no, this is amazing. This is great. This is mm-hmm. some of the best stuff that I've ever done yeah. because you were incredibly inspired and it came through. You know, came to you organically. Yeah, it's crazy because um, it's so funny. Crystal will be like, "Wow, you really do have a writer in you." Like, yeah. Because the stuff I just I just started writing and writing and writing, and um, it's kind of cool because on my Facebook uh, they captured me, uh, recorded me reading part of chapter seven, which is called Bed Rest. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, and so I was reading part of chapter seven, and I even get emotional reading that chapter. Mm-hmm. And so it's gonna be a great book. I'm mm-hmm. honestly um, excited and proud that I even I wrote a book. Yeah, like that's a, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, that's a huge goal. It's, it's yeah. nice. Yeah. I never in my life would think that I would write me. <laughs> J.P. Lane would write a book. So, yeah, it's crazy. Even the writers were crying, remember? She oh, put, yeah. She, we have two, uh, uh, Wendy and Robert, and they were, they're like, even just editing your your story is just, wow. Like, they were on a roller coaster. See, they're like, yeah. I have to wipe because they can't see the screen right. anymore. <laughs> they yeah. have to clear their tears off their eyes yeah. and then to get back to editing and yeah. just, it's crazy. So that's pretty neat for them to, to cry. Part of the... the finances that we paid for that um uh, i think go to tissue boxes yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah, yeah they, like, we're yeah. spending so much on tissues this is not yeah. good and we were making jokes that we would put a little pack oh with yeah. the book oh, yeah. with the book yes that would be awesome yeah that's, so that's a good idea yeah, that's right. a good idea. yeah it is a great idea like an honestly. amazon add-on item yeah yeah, yeah something yeah. like that a free thing of tissues that would be so funny <laughs> All right, so I want to be mindful of your time. I do have a uh, kind of off-the-cuff question. So you've had people that have asked you, you know, you know get the book published because we want to make a movie. So kind of silly off-the-cuff question here. If you had your choice, you know, stu- whatever studio is making the movie, unlimited budget, whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever, who would play you? Okay, so for Ooh. people who don't know me, I love this question. I've only been asked twice. Okay. You're the second person. All right, all right. For people who don't know me, I'm a very ridiculous, out-of-the-box uh, comical kind of soldier weird weirdness so when the first person asked me that I said Kevin Hart okay. and they're like that doesn't make any sense you're white I'm like yeah but he's funny he's cool and he's short like me but no I honestly don't know I, I don't really know who would um, be able to do uh, I mean obviously of course I don't I wouldn't mind doing it myself but uh, it would be fun to just watch somebody play my character or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, I've seen Kevin Hart do some crazy cool movies, yeah. but I don't know if that will work out. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I love it. I know I love I love that answer. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> That's great. So yeah. Do everything else, Elizabeth? No, this is amazing. I have yeah. goosebumps ninety five percent of the time. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I, we we can't thank both of you enough for setting aside a time. I know you know, mm. you're you, know, you guys live in San Antonio. Obviously, you guys didn't come yeah. here just for this. You right. got I mean, you're out you know doing awesome stuff you know prior to this. So right. so yeah. I mean, you're you're just continuing to do great things. So thank you for for what you are doing, what you have done. Thank uh, you. Please please keep it up. Your your story really is it's absolutely incredible. It's inspirational. Mm. Um, when you think. You might be having a, a tough day. You wake up, you know, whatever. Man, just uh, think about, you know, your story. It's yeah. it's ridiculous. It's amazing. Yeah. 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 So uh, we really do thank you for, yeah. for coming here and talking and, and sharing your story. Um, people that, uh, that are listening, we'll put links to um, the, the uh, Fairies Troops First, um, if we can, to um, the video uh, that you referenced on your uh, Facebook or your Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you, know, yeah, right, you can represent all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll have a bunch of this uh, in the show notes. Um, so, yeah. Thank you guys for being here. This is yeah, awesome. Thank you. Very Appreciate so much. it. Yeah, thank you for inviting us. Yeah. And cool, uh, 
cool studio here. I like yeah, it. this They're is very awesome. Chill and relaxed. Awesome. I, I like it. So good deal. Blessings to you and the future podcast. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. And for the listeners out there, I mean, don't lose hope. Honestly, share your stories. God gave us our scars. Some of them are visible. Some of them are internal. But He gave us those scars for a reason, and that's to share your tragedies so you can inspire others around you. So your workplace, family, anywhere, a stranger. So please continue to do that and don't lose hope because if JP can do it, so can you. Hey guys, thank you for listening. One more thing before you go. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can find more episodes in our archives at eversoncooper.com slash podcast. You can also find all past episodes on iTunes, the Apple podcast app, Spotify, Google play, and pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. Please don't forget to send us a review and a rating. We are not trying to feed our ego. Just ratings and reviews help us reach more listeners that could benefit from what our guests have shared. And our guests then benefit more uh, from being on the podcast. So rate and review us on iTunes, podcast app, and all those other platforms I mentioned. Speaking of platforms, we would love it if you shared the Everson Cooper podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever social media you use. Lastly, if you want to receive a fresh new Everson Cooper podcast episode every Wednesday, be sure to subscribe and you will get the latest episode sent right to you automatically. Thanks for listening. Bye.